God bless everyone. How's everyone doing? You guys good? All right. Um, I was feeling under the weather this week. Um, yesterday I came home with a fever and uh, just laid in bed, prayed, and it went away, thank God. And I was going to wear the coat and the scarf up here, but it's not going to be a good idea. Um, so I'm going to um, share a word with you that has really impacted my life. It's a very popular, um, you know, book in the Bible, passage in the Bible that that um, that I'm sure some of you have heard messages about. Um, but I think there's some really cool principles and some really good details that we can learn from this passage in the book of John. Um, John was, as you guys know, many of you know, he was a disciple of Jesus Christ. He's the disciple whom Jesus loved, amen? That was his title. It's like, I know some of you have heard me say I'm God's favorite, amen? And that's kind of what John was saying. He's like, I'm, I'm the one that Jesus loved. And so what a blessing to read these, these books and these passages that he wrote. Thank you, honey. Because his perspective is a little bit different than the other books like Matthew, Mark, and Luke. John's perspective of Jesus is very relational, so when you look at the Bible and you read the book of John, you're going to notice that how John speaks of Jesus is about relationship. He talks in terms of relationship and fellowship. And so um, when you read that, keep that in mind and, and keep all uh, his outlook. Uh, Cynthia last week was saying how they were all gathered together on the Last Supper. You guys remember that? And John was laying on Jesus's chest. He's just kind of chilling and everyone's eating and he's just like worried about Jesus like that was his thing I want to be close to Jesus right now all the disciples were there Peter was there Peter is usually kind of like the voice of the disciples he's kind of like the leader almost you know he he's the one always talking he's the one always getting in trouble because of what he's saying and uh, Jesus announces that he's going to be betrayed and everyone uh, you know, looks at Peter and then Peter looks at John because John's the one that's closest to Jesus. He's like there. Like, can you ask him who is going to betray him? Like, we we need to know. So this dynamic kind of plays out in what I'm going to read as far as um, the personalities that take place in this passage. And so I want you to look at, at a few things. Um, we're going to look at some like very key kingdom principles that we need to apply into our own life. And we're also going to look at, you know, things like fellowship and community through this passage a little bit. My message tonight is called Breakfast with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Who wants to have breakfast with Jesus? Lunch and dinner. Amen. And the snacks. Some of us eat all day. So with Jesus, that's awesome. Breakfast with Jesus. Amen. If you're writing notes, breakfast with Jesus. John chapter 21, if you can give me a, an amen when you have it. All right, we're going to read. We're just going to read. Let's see what happens, okay? John chapter 21, I'm reading New King, New King James. New King James, yeah, I said that right. So, yeah, just give me an amen if you guys have it, if you're there. I think they're going to put it up. If you don't have a Bible, you can look up, and uh, we'll be reading. Uh, you can read it from the, from, from the screen. 
So verse 1 says, after these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples, meaning he was resurrected and he was showing himself to the disciples. Uh, he showed himself to the disciples at the Sea of Tiberias, and in this way he showed himself. This is what happened, verse 2. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, which, that's very weird, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we are going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. But when the morning had now come, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. And he said to them, cast a net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, basically, I said to Peter, it is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from land but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then, as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish which you have just caught. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. Sounds familiar? And likewise the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Amen? Let's end right there. Praise the Lord. You guys excited? Wow, can you imagine? Breakfast with Jesus, right? But before that... Peter is in a state of distress. He's feeling down about himself. He's just denied Jesus three days ago. He's not feeling really good about himself. And he's feeling down. And so he declares, remember I said, Peter's like the voice. He's like the leader of the crew here, of the disciples. And Peter declares and he says, he doesn't say, hey guys, let's go fishing. How many of you want to go fishing with me? Any volunteers to go fishing with me? He says, I am going fishing. Amen. And you can see his leadership being displayed here because sometimes as a leader, you don't know the influence that you may have on other people. I've made the mistake myself of not knowing the influence when I was younger in my 20s. And I didn't know the influence that I had on people. And, and sometimes a leader can say and do things that, that can affect other people or that can benefit other people. So either way, you know, it, it matters what, what leadership says. Amen. It's important. And so Peter says, I am going fishing. And what's interesting here is that some of the disciples say, well, we're going with you. Like, well, we're going to follow you. In other words, we're going to go fishing with you. Now, it's interesting that he uh, John names all the disciples that go with him except himself. 
He says, you know, uh, uh, Thomas, the twin, Nathaniel, the sons of this, and the two other disciples went with him. He was one of the disciples. He was one of them. I mean, but he didn't say it. I don't know why. It's just John and his perspective. He's, he's very relational. He's about relationship. He's about getting to know you. And I don't know if John is necessarily being a follower here, but I think he just wants to be with Peter. I think Peter needs him in this moment. Like Peter's not feeling very well. And how many, how many of us know that, that when we don't feel very good about ourselves, when we're going through something, if we're feeling down, we'll feel, we're feeling depressed, we have messed up, life has banged us up a little bit, we, we do the things that we used to do. Amen? Like, like Christ came and he was walking and saw Peter who was a fisherman and told them, come follow me. And he, he said, I will make you a fisher of men. And as soon as Peter's down and he's out and he's not, he doesn't know what's going on. He decides to go back to fishing where God took him out of. How many of us do the same exact thing? Like, like we get tempted so much when life is not going our way, when things, uh, you know, just don't seem to add up and, and, and things don't, don't go exactly how, how we planned it and we strategize and, and all of a sudden we get this temptation to go back to do the same things that we used to do that we know don't work. We know they don't work. We know that God took us out from that place of, of religion or, or that place of, of just sin or that place of just whatever we used to be into that Jesus appeared and said, come with me. We go back. We go back, not because necessarily it's like a bad thing or, or, or necessarily, because fishing, I mean, it's not a, like a sin, Right? I'm not saying that you go back to, to being the old you and, and the flat. I'm not talking about necessarily that, but I'm, I'm talking about you go back to what's comfortable. You go back to what feels like, like you know, I know how to do this. Like ministry didn't work out. So I'm going to go back to fishing. <laughs> Peter is like... <laughs> It, it's Jesus died. You got You guys got to understand, like there was no Holy Spirit yet. Je Holy Spirit doesn't leave us. He doesn't forsake us. But in these these few days, the, the savior of the world walked with his disciples and all of a sudden he's gone. And there's no there's no Holy Spirit. There's there's none of that yet. I mean, he's hovering, but he's waiting for his moment to land on the day of Pentecost. But he's not there yet. So it's easy for us to look at Peter and say, man, why would you do that? Why would you go back? And we have the Holy Spirit, and sometimes we go back. And we go do the things that we're comfortable doing. We say, ministry didn't work out. You know, this thing didn't work out. I don't feel Jesus in this. I don't know what's happening. I feel like I hit a roadblock. I don't know what's going to happen with my life. So I'm going to go back to my comfort zone. But God doesn't want you in your comfort zone. He doesn't want you comfortable, nice with your jacket and your scarf. He wants you, he wants you active. He wants you taking risk. He wants you to trust him. I'm telling you, when you go back 
to the comfortable place that you used to be. You know, every year it's the same thing with some people. Including myself. Every year it's the same issue. Like, when are we going to overcome it? When we stop going back to the comfortable place. When we go with this thing head on and we say, no, in Jesus' name, I am victorious. I am more than a conqueror. I'm not going back. Because when you go back, it's not productive. Nothing productive happens when you go back to your comfortable place. Not that, not that it's bad. Not that you're in sin. I'm not talking about that. I'm just, I'm just talking about some of you here, God has called you to do amazing, wonderful things. And whatever, I'm not even talking about preaching. And whatever line of work you're in, but he's called you to take risks, to be uncomfortable. But Peter says, I am going fishing. I don't know about you guys. You guys could just sit here and wait if you want, like the master asked us to. You guys could just sit here and patiently wait. But I am going back to fishing. And I can tell you, I can tell you that it was not good because he's not catching anything. So I'm not making stuff up here. He's not productive. And he's a professional. He knows fish. He knows how to catch them. He knows how to throw the net. He knows where they should be. But he's not catching one fish. Because he went back to comfort. He went back to, oh, well, you know, it's over. How many times in our life, just the smallest thing, life is over. That's it. My calling is over. My dreams are over. My desires are over. No. If God is with you, who or what can be against you? You see, this is what Peter was doing. He was going back to his comfortable place. Don't go back to your comfortable place. God took you out of there for a reason. He brought you out for a reason. He snatched you out of your own comfort. Not that you're uncomfortable now, but now you're resting because comfort is not resting. Comfort is not resting. Comfort is stuck. Comfort is stale. Comfort is I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I don't know what's going to happen. But how did, how did Peter get there? And since we just read it, how does this change? Because it changes, right? We saw it. We read it. Amen. You read it with me? It changes all of a sudden. So how did Peter get there? Peter got there because, unfortunately, this is just the way it was for Peter. Amen. Anybody relate with Peter? He wasn't a relationship guy. He just wasn't a relationship guy. And God, you know, God calls us to be relationship people. He's calling us to community and to family. But Peter, he wasn't really like that. He was more like, like alpha male, like, like, like thunder and lightning. That was Peter. Like, like I'm going to chop someone's head off, Peter. That was Peter. John was like, 
I need Jesus. John was like, where's Jesus? John was like, I love Jesus. Oh, and by the way, he loves me more than all of you. Peter was still trying to figure things out because he's just not relational. But that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just the way Peter is. And that's why we'll read later that, that Jesus will ask him, Peter, do you love me? This whole passage, this whole thing, this whole book is about relationship with Jesus. Are you with me? Jesus wants to have breakfast with you. He wants to, in other words, he, you know, when you have breakfast, like breakfast is an event, right? Like, like when you have time. Not, not like Monday through Friday when you're like rushing and you're eating a banana on the way to work. Praise God. And you drink a tea when you get there and then you wait till 2 p.m. to eat your lunch. Really bad. But when you have time, right, and the family's getting together for breakfast, oh, it's an event. My favorite is, is Central American breakfast, right? You got your eggs, your scrambled eggs, you got your beans, your platanos, your bolillo, your, your cheese, your crema, you know, your arroz and leche maybe on the side. This is like, this is getting really fattening by the minute. Jesse's like, I receive it, Jesus. It's, it's like an event, right? It's like comfort food. You guys understand what I'm saying? It's comfort food. It's like you grew up eating this, if, if you know what I'm talking about. You, you like, if, okay, if you're, you know, uh, grew up eating pancakes, and, which we ate too, and, and, and you know, eggs and, and pancakes and the chilaquiles, all of that, right? It's comfort food. So when you get around the table, oh, you're just so happy, right? And Jesus, Jesus is using this. I'm getting ahead of myself. So Peter's going back and he's saying, like, this is, this is where I'm at right now. I'm just going back to fishing. It didn't work out. I'm going back. You, you, you can't do that. You have to trust him. You have to trust Jesus that, you know, Jesus kept telling them, hey, I'm going to die, but I'm going to resurrect. Like, like that. Like, I'm, I'm going to die and I'm going to resurrect, so don't worry. But when he's gone, it's a different story because it's, whew, how tough must that have been? So all the other disciples who were there say, we are going with you. And they went out immediately. Verse, uh, where am I at? Verse 3, and they went out immediately, got into the boat, and that night they caught nothing. You're not going to be productive where God hasn't called you to be. If God didn't call you to be in that place, you're not going to be productive. It's going to be like fishing at night, catching nothing. Although you're a pro at it, although you know what you're doing, you know how to do things, it's not going to be productive because God didn't put you there. If God didn't put you to do something in the church even, like to usher or, or to sing in worship, it's not going to be productive for you because that's not what he called you to do. Amen? I mean, we're talking about Peter who was... He was a fisherman. 
And now he's out there catching, trying to catch fish, and he can't catch anything. Nobody has any advice for him. Everyone's just kind of there, and he's not catching anything. So, don't go back because it's comfortable. Keep going forward, even though there's opposition. Like you feel like there's opposition doesn't mean go back. It means go even further, like press on. If you go back, it's not going to be productive. Amen. So Jesus. Verse four. But when the morning had now come. Jesus stood on the shore. Yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Then Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? They answered him, no. Wow. So here they are all night. I don't know what time they got on the boat, but it must have been a long time. They're there all night catching nothing but water. They're putting the net in and nothing's coming out. Just water, just no productivity, nothing. And it's nighttime. And it's dark. And it's a dark moment for Peter. Everything is so symbolic. And then the morning comes. And Jesus shows up in the morning. He shows up right at the morning. It's like morning. It's like Jesus brought the day with him. It's like he brought the light with him. It's like he brought joy with him. It's like he brought mercy with him. He brings the morning. The morning comes. Jesus comes. What does that mean? What is that? The Bible, what is John trying to tell us is that when we're, when we know he's there, when we're aware that he's there, when we're connected that he's there, we're going to experience this morning. You, you know, you wake up in the morning and I know sometimes it's tough, right? But there's, when you look at the sun coming up in the morning and, and it's, radiant and the clouds is just so beautiful and that's that's what Jesus is saying I'm bringing light to your situation I'm bringing this light to your situation and I love what he says I love what he asks because you guys got to understand this is resurrected Jesus This isn't regular Jesus anymore, although he wasn't regular. But this is now glorified Jesus. This is now resurrected Jesus. Jesus is God, creator of heaven and earth. And he's saying, children, do you have any food? (laughs) I think he knows the answer to that. I'm just saying. He's God. He's Jesus. He found them. He brought the morning. Children, do you have any food? Do you have any food? They don't know who he is yet. They don't know that that it's the master, that it's the teacher, that it's their dad, their father, that is standing there at the shore asking them, do you have any food? No. Why not? Because I went back. 
I went into a comfortable space. And I didn't hear your word to go back. I, I, I acted on my own strength. I acted on my own like knowledge and, and my own self-righteousness. I acted on my own here. I, I'm doing things on my own. I'll figure things out. Do you have any food? No. There's no abundance there and comfortable. There's no productivity. There's no fruit and comfortable. And he said... Cast a net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. Oh, man. Kingdom principle here. When God gives the vision, he'll give the provision. If he speaks it and and we do it, he will provide it. He will make the way. See, Jesus hadn't told Peter, go fishing, go back to fishing. Jesus told his disciples, wait for me in Jerusalem. That's what he told them. He said, wait for me in Jerusalem. They should have been waiting there in Jerusalem. And they were at one point, but Peter was like, I'm going back. But now that God, Jesus, has declared the word, put your net on the right side. Put your net on the right side and you will find some. When God gives the word, you move. If not, you wait. I know that waiting stuff is, whoo. That waiting stuff is annoying. But he says, cast the net on the right side, not the wrong side, the right side of the boat, and you will find some. You will find some. You might not, I, you know, you might find a, Maybe a, a shrimp or two. Oh, you will find some. Now, I, I need you to understand this, okay? Get, pay attention. I need, you to, uh, I need you to catch this. This is not about the fish. Hope you get this. Okay? This is not about I'm going to provide fish for them necessarily just to have the fish. This is a lesson. This is a moment. This is a moment with Jesus. This is relationship. He teaches like that. He's like, okay, you, that didn't work out. Now try it my way. And it'll work out. See, it was like baby steps again. It was like, you, you guys are trying it the wrong way. Well, we put the net on the left side and the right side all night and the front, and the back of the boat, and we didn't catch anything. Now you're telling us, put it on the right side, and we're going to find some food? It's ridiculous. God, you're telling me to do that? That, What? That doesn't sound like something that, that, that I should be doing. Why would you tell me to do that? It's ridiculous that you would tell me that I need to do that. But see, again, it's not when we want to, it's when he declares the word. When he declares the word, it's like, go, go. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Now, they don't have a way to, like, bring the fish back. 
into the boat. Now there's abundance. Whoa, what a surprise. Jesus speaks the word. He gives him the vision and the provision. Sometimes we try, you know, like leaders, we try to do things, right? Okay, this is how we're going to uh, do this. And like, we're going to attack it. And then like, what happened? I don't know. God wanted to do something else. We were talking the other night. And, and there's been times, we, we all have to learn this. All of us, especially if you preach, if you sing, if you do ushering, all of us need to know how to do this. Check this out. I prepared sermons at home. Oh, yeah, like this is good stuff. Wow. Holy Jesus. Holy Spirit. They're going to love this. Oh, wow. They, oh, I'm going to say this. And I get here or I've gotten to church and the Holy Spirit's like, I want you to talk about something else. What? Yeah, you remember how you were reading like two months ago? You were reading that other book that, that I was telling you to read? Uh-huh. Right there, that's where I want you to go. And you're like, there's no way. What? Oh, Jesus, please. I wrote notes. God, I emailed them. I put it in the, the iPad. God, they're in there, Lord. No, I, I want you to. Now, now, we might think, what's wrong with the Holy Spirit? Is he, is he schizophrenic? Is he bipolar? Like, what's going on? See, it's about listening to him. It's about relationship. It's about listening and doing and listening and doing and listening and doing. That's what it's about. So it's not that God is saying, like, like maybe that message, it'll still be preached. Or, or maybe that message was for me. Or maybe somebody walked in that needed something in that moment. Maybe God changed the whole message so that one person can receive. And the rest of you are like, you can't preaching this again. But there's one soul in here just like, oh, man, this is good. I needed this, Lord. And you're sitting there like, oh, man, I can just stay playing Xbox at home. Or watching Netflix, whatever. We got to be able to listen and do, like take risks, live in relationship with Jesus. He's so, he's so awesome. He's so fun. It's not about the, the abundance of the fish. Like, like that's, the, that's the result. Like that's, that's the fruit, like way over there. The, the root and the growth is relationship. Listen and do. The, the fruit will come. The result will come, but just continue to, to, to just have relationship, continue to have community, continue to be intimate with God, and you will see your dreams fulfilled. But if you're not having relationship today, how do you expect to have the fruit later on? I know this happened in a, in a minute's time, but it was a lesson. It, was, it wasn't about the fish. Matter of fact, Jesus had already had some fish cooking by the time they got there. How did he get fish? This should be blowing your mind. It's not about the fish. It's about the relationship. It's fish already. Walk up. Jesus, you got fish already? 
Verse 7. I love this. This is John. This is John. Finally, he, he's like, oh, I was there, by the way. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, John, said to Peter, it is the Lord. Woo! When you recognize his voice, when you recognize his voice, when you recognize that he's talking to you, that he's saying, hey, go do this, that he's saying, hey, I want you to do this. This is the idea. This is it right here. This is the risk. Listen to me. When you recognize his voice, it is the best. Can you imagine they're in that boat? Like, like they haven't caught fish all night. They, they've been trying to do it their own way. Then Jesus comes, gives the word, then gives the provision. They get all this fish they can't even hold. And John says, it is the Lord. It is him. He's here. He's right there. This whole time, he, we said we didn't have any. He's right there. Relationship. Why is it John? Why didn't Peter say, hey, wait a minute. Is that Jesus? It was John. John knew. John knew. John knew his character. He knew his voice. He knew his style. He knew his heart. He knew his favorite color. He knew his favorite hairdo. He knew everything about Jesus. That's what he wants. Breakfast with Jesus. Somebody should. Open a restaurant. <clears throat> Just give me credit. It is the Lord. Man, I love how he says, though, therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, the moron, it is the Lord. Peter, wake up. It is the Lord. He's resurrected. It is the Lord. Relationship. Then Peter, I don't know, he got panicked. He, he, he got crazy. He, he put on his coat to jump in the water. I just, I just need to get to Jesus. What do, I, what do I do? Let me put on my coat, scarf, beanie, gloves, Boots and jump into the water so I can go see Jesus. Doesn't make sense, but Peter is just so thrilled, so excited. It says, Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out on his outer garment, for he had removed it, obviously he was fishing, and plunged into the sea. I'm not waiting so we can paddle ourselves back to shore. I'm not waiting so you guys can pull the boat right into the shore with all this fish. I just want Jesus. I just want Jesus. I want my Jesus. I want relationship. I want him. I want his voice. I want to hear his heartbeat. I want him again. This is what Peter is saying. He's hungry. Not for the breakfast, for Jesus. But it started at it started at Peter going back to his comfortable place. And it ends with Jesus again. Let's go. Let's go. You, you left that place already. What are you you crazy? You said, come on. Let's go. Follow me. 
Where was that? He removed it and plunged into the sea. Verse 8. But the other disciples came in the little boat. They waited. For they were not far from the land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to the land, they saw a fire of coals there and fish laid on it. Oh, and by the way, and bread. They were in, in a rush, right? Well, Peter specifically. And Jesus has taught them such an amazing lesson about, you know, not going back to the, all that stuff I've just talked about. Does that make sense? And he's, and he's given them a, a key kingdom principle. Listen to my voice and I will provide every need that you need. <laughs> Every need. Amen. And now they show up at the shore. When Peter shows up, and as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals and fish there. You see, it wasn't about the fish. It was about the lesson, the relationship that he was teaching them. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish, which you have just caught. So cool. They caught it. But he provided it. And he says that you caught. He still gives them like, you caught that. Like, like a dad, like you did it. He's so proud of you. He's so happy with you. He's so pleased with you. I know that the enemy has lied to you sometimes. There's people in here where the enemy has lied to you. Life has beaten you up. But he's proud of you. Simon Peter went up and dragged the net to the land full of large fish, 153. The Bible, you know, John is writing this, and he's like, there was, we counted them because it was so amazing to see all this fish. Like, we had never caught so many fish. We laid them out, and we counted them. Talk about count your blessings, right? Like, you got to look at what God has done for your life. Stop looking at what he hasn't provided. Look at what he's provided. It's right there. 153 fishes. They laid them out. You you count that side. I'll count this side. Three, four, five. A hundred. What'd you get? Uh, 153 fishes. Wow. Wow. God has provided. God has provided. Look at your own life. Would you, for just a second in your heart right now, look at your own life. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what God has provided in your life right now. Isn't that amazing? God has provided for you so much. And sometimes we just forget, but here is a le- another lesson. I just, this is so rich, so rich of stuff. And I'm sure I missed so many things. And although there was so many, the net was not broken. Oh, man, another one. In other words, there were so many fish that sometimes the nets would break. They were in water all the time. They would get loose because of the fishes. So all of this fish, the net should have broken. But when God provides, when you see that God provides, nothing in your life will break when you're walking in the voice of God. Like, he won't let it break. He won't. And I just trust him. 
And that was not broken. Verse 12. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? Knowing that it was the Lord. It's such a mystery why sometimes Jesus would appear with some disciples and they wouldn't recognize him. I always had that question, like, when I first started, you know, going to church, I even asked some of the leaders and everyone had a different, like, outlook, which not necessarily a bad thing, but just, I always wonder that, like, they didn't recognize him. But John, it is the Lord. John, relationship John, community John. The same John, you know, John is, he was like a loving guy, but with an edge. Like, he'll tell you the truth. He would say, oh, you say that you're in love, but if you hate your brother, you're lying. Oh, no, he's the loving. Yeah, but he would say, if you hate your brother and you say that you are in love, you're lying. You're a liar. Loving John, he had a little edge, but it was good. He's a father of the faith. Jesus says, come and eat breakfast. Everybody, this is resurrected Jesus. This is Jesus. He's gone through walls. He's appeared. He's shown Thomas his his holes in his hands and on his side. And now he's going to have breakfast with his children. Remember what he said? Children, do you have any food? And they were like, no. What he's what he's saying now is like, I've I've come to give you what you need. Relationship. I've come to give you uh fulfillment. I've come to give you fellowship. I've come to give you community. I've gone, I've come to give you relationship. Come and eat breakfast. Can you imagine that scene at the shore of that sea and they're sitting on the floor on the sand or a rocks and they're eating breakfast. There's some coals, there's some rocks burning and the fish are cooking. They're all eating and they're all talking. And they're all just there with Jesus. At the end of this book, John says, if everything that Jesus said had been written down, there would be enough books to fill this entire world. John wrote this book because he looked at the other Gospels and he liked them. But since he's relationship John, he's like, there's not enough stories about the heart and the character of Jesus. So he, write this, the, he writes this book like in 70 AD, and he puts in all these stories that were missed in the other books. The Samaritan women, woman, like all of that stuff. He puts in here, John, relationship John, community John. Come and eat breakfast. Yet none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you, knowing that it was the Lord? Praise God. Jesus then came and took the bread and gave it to them. And likewise, the fish. This is now the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. I'm just going to stop now. There's so much more to talk about, but I'm going to end there. But I just kind of want to tell you before we pray. 
There's a lot of principles that we talked about, a lot of kingdom stuff, provision, you know, not being comfortable or comfortable is being stuck. Well, being with Jesus is being at rest, but taking risks with him. And that if God says it, he will provide it. And if he provides it, it will not break. Amen. And all of that is about relationship. Like all of the the fish and the provision and the vision and the word starts at eating breakfast with Jesus. That's where it starts. That's what God wants you like focus on that. Don't worry. You know, like I'm not I'm not saying don't study, but don't be anxious about your school. Don't be anxious and worried about work and raises and promotions. Don't be anxious if your dreams are going to come true or not or your desires. Don't be anxious or worried about nothing, the Bible says. Be in relationship. Hear his voice and he'll guide you. And then do and it will be provided and it will not break. Keep eating breakfast with Jesus.